You're listening to Strictly Anonymous on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast, Kathy. If you uh, want to be on the Strictly Anonymous podcast, this is the Colin Advice Show, where I talk to people about all kinds of things, just like through the titles. But I'll talk to anybody. I like to have all kinds of people on my show. It's a Colin Advice Show, uh, and you get to remain anonymous if you really want to. So if you have like a private life or a secret life or some kind of life that you don't want people to know about, for whatever reason, you can be on my show. Nobody will know who you are, not even me, and you could let your stuff out. Anyway, uh, so if you want to be on the show, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe to my show. If you want to write a review, write a review for my show. If you want to buy my book, I wrote a book, I drew a book. Uh, it's click on book and go fucking buy it. <laughs> oh, what else? I'm just going to talk about who I have on my show today. This is a guy uh, named Chris, right? That's his name, I think. I get very confused with the names because each person has a name that they email me from, which is probably fake, and then another fake name that they talk, they use on the show. And so I'm like double up my episodes. I'm dealing with like over 400 names because I deal with the real name, the fake name, the fake name, fake name, all that fucking shit. And it's annoying. And I don't know why I'm cursing so much on this episode. I think because I never get to curse anymore <laughs> because of a son. I'm not a baby. I can't call him a baby anymore because he's kind of like a toddler. But uh, I never curse around him. So I let loose here because I used to be very potty mouth, but not anymore. Uh, what else? I'm from New Jersey. You know, people from New Jersey curse a lot. Uh, so Chris called in, he wrote in actually to the show and said that he felt very similar to the pantyhose guy, one of the pantyhose guys when he listened because, but he feels that way about bras and believes he has a bra fetish. Now I was like confused cause I'm just like, can a bra, can it like a fascination with bras really be a fetish? Like what is a fetish? Like what's the definition and what is the difference, right? Like, I don't know. So we talk, <laughs> we talk a lot about that, but we get really specific about his bra fetish slash obsession um, and how that sort of plays out in his relationships, in his life, in his mind, in his fantasy world, all that kind of stuff, right? We get into that. And then we also talk about his current relationship with his wife, which isn't so great because of the bra fetish. And you have to listen to get the details about that. But I give him some good advice, I think, about that situation. And I feel like the situation with his wife is something that's, yeah, it has to do with the bra kind of fetish. But it's more about like, you know, when you're married to somebody, and this goes for whether you're male or female to somebody who he doesn't want to do what you want to do. And so therefore, you're left feeling very unsatisfied, uh, sexually speaking, right? And so what can you do about that? I give him some advice and I think it's good advice. <laughs> so you can listen to that. Listen to all the details about his bra fetish, obsession, interest, fascination. All those words I think apply to how he feels about bras. Uh, so I'm going to be right back on with Chris. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? 
Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Uh, hey, Jason. Welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you doing today? Hey. Good. How are you? I'm good. You know, I was just rereading your email because you had emailed me a while ago and we've been scheduling and so I forgot some of the specifics, but I was kind of like glad I forgot the specifics because I don't really like to know too much going in right to a call. I do know that uh, what you have is a bra fetish and I have to say I remember on a specific episode saying something like, it's not like, like it's like, and I think it was on a pantyhose fetish and saying something like, you know, it's not like a, if a guy was into bras, like that wouldn't be a fetish. Like I, I specifically mentioned something about someone being into bras and how that wouldn't be a fetish, but something else would. But like for you, you, and you were very specific in your email and does sound like it's like an obsession of yours, right? And I would never think that this would be a quote unquote fetish right but it is something that you consider a fetish right and you've had this sort of intense kind of thing with bras since you were really super young right yeah it after listening to your pantyhose one with hank it was like so much of it was exactly the same and that's why i reached out because i was like hearing myself in so much the same way with a bunch of different things but a lot of it was like exactly the same thing. And I've always just been kind of fascinated with like what causes that and what gets you to trigger on things. And he was so specific about like control pop and all these exact things that had to be a certain way and the OCD and what goes behind it. that I just, I found that interesting just on a different topic. Right. Because that's the way you are. And when you say like you got into bras and it's been like sort of, you know, ruling your life since you're like six or seven. Like, what was going down when you were six or seven that you remember with bras? Like, how did it start? The, the first thing I remember, and thinking, I mean, I figured a lot of this out over the years, but the first thing I remember is I think it's all like the taboo aspect of seeing or knowing something that you're not supposed to see or know. Uh huh. And when I was little, like the commercials on TV, all they would show would be like, a bra on a mannequin like they couldn't even show it on a person right and it was always like i mean that that was even too taboo at that time and i remember looking at that and thinking you know why why can't they show it on a person you know you as a real little kid you'd remember seeing you know a family member or something like changing clothes no big deal but it was like why can't they show that on tv what's the big deal and when you're you know five six seven years old you know hell's going on but but you remember um, thinking that like why aren't i why I, am i just seeing this yeah. on a mannequin but not on a person specifically bras yeah right yeah yeah and then then looking i mean the old jc penny catalog that was like the same thing in that other podcast it was like yeah you'd look in there and, and you know i'd always look through it for always a presence or whatever and you'd get to that section i'd be like huh, on there they had pictures on people and i was like i think it was kind of like a feeling of I'm seeing something I'm not supposed to see somewhere else. And like, why can't they show that on TV, but they can show it in here. And it just, you know, my mind, even as a kid was, your little mind was putting stuff together, like something's going on here and you wanted to get to the bottom of it. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, I don't know. It was like a feeling of when I'm seeing something here, I know I'm not supposed to see there. And I remember, I mean, I was probably, I asked questions about everything. Obviously every kid does, but 
you know, asking like, why can't you see that on TV or whatever? And they're looking in the, the catalog and it was like, oh, here's all these pictures and all these different things and reading about it. And I mean, my mind was like, you know, I, I had to know everything and understand like the why behind everything, even as a real little kid. And, you know, I didn't let anybody throw anything away. I had to take it apart first and see how it worked. And just, that's just how my mind works, you know, having to figure out. Right. That's how you always why. were. And, but when did it, so, but it just yeah. didn't stop there. Cause I'm sure, like you said, your, if your mind was like that, it was like that with a lot of different things. I have a, a little child, right. And then they get on to something else and fixated. Right. But like your bra thing, like is still in effect till now. Right. And after you've probably picked apart bras, looked at it, I mean, it, you still can't in, in a, in a way sort of, it's not that figuring it out was a thing with you because even though I'm sure you've figured out millions of times, you want to, you just keep going back to that. Like that's your thing even to this day. Yeah. Well, I remember reading some stuff on like psychology and fetishes, that what turns you on or arouses you or causes a reaction in you when you're between like ages five and eight sticks with you the rest of your life. That's when those kind of patterns are locked into your brain. Right. And that was the time when I, I mean, I remember like sneaking the JCPenney catalog and looking through the ads, like laying on the ground behind like the chairs when my parents were watching TV when I was like seven, six, seven, eight and feeling something from it, like laying, you know, getting excited and, you know, feeling like I'm looking at something I'm not supposed to see. And it became like the, like I said, like the taboo of trying to figure out something i'm not supposed to know right but i mean like first of all i have to say as a like a mom like i i wonder if like these moms that put their little kids in these bra things and jc (laughs) panties ever thought that people would be like jerking off like you would never really think like as probably a parent like i mean you know it's one thing if like your child's posing in playboy you know for sure they're like jerk off material for people but like you would never think these people in i don't know in in jc penny catalog right are not thinking that they're jerk off material for six or seven years old i don't know why i think of that because <laughs> it's neither yeah, here nor know, there but like- it's kind of interesting no, it's like, either, or when the, you know, the Sunday paper had come with the ads and it was like the annual, you know, intimate apparel sale or an intimate apparel sale. And, you know, you'd see all those ads and again, you're seeing all these pictures and it was like, well, I'm not supposed to see that in public. And, you know, you'd see, you know, like your mind working. You'd see but you would see your mom. Tuck it under their shirt. And, no, but wouldn't you see, like you said, you would see people in your house, right? Their bras and them walking around, right? So it wasn't like... I mean, I know you're so, like, I guess it, it's not that you're stuck on it. It is the thing with you. Like, you've said it, like, so many times already when we just started talking, that it's like you're trying to figure out why you can't sort of see it anywhere else, but you could see it there. But you, I'm sure you saw your mom in her bra, right, and and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I did as a kid. I think, you know, I think we're, like I said, we're developed was, you know, going to school, and you'd see, like, you know, a girl with a white shirt on that you could see through and you'd see what bra she had on underneath. And they're always trying to like hide the straps and tuck them under. And it was like, well, they're trying to hide this. I'm not supposed to see it. So I wanted to see it. Right. And so wanted you to wanted to see what like, they were hiding from you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's what made it feel taboo. It was like, you know, especially at the time, you know, like in the eighties or whatever, it wasn't as like people now just wear bras is like out in public. Like it's no big deal, but <laughs> totally, um, yeah. you know, it's, at the at the time, it was like, you know, hey, that looks like one I saw in the ad, and I'd try to, like, match them up to, you know, there was, like, only a couple brands at the time, and everything kind of looked the same, and, 
there weren't all different colors and all this stuff. And it was like, so, you know, sitting in school, I mean, I remember like in middle school, you know, looking at girls, like sitting in class, the girl that was like at the desk in front of me and it had just like a thin t-shirt on and you can see the outline of everything. And I, my mind would just go like, I wonder why she picked that one today and then picture her getting dressed and picturing what it'd be like if she took her shirt off and, you know, wondering why she picked that one out and what, what brand was that? And did I see that in the catalog and going back and looking and just, it just became like, I guess I'd say obsession, but you know, or fetish, whatever you want to call it, but it just became like something I just wanted to, to know more about and reading all the, reading all the ads and reading like, why did you buy this one or that one? Or what's different between these and why do they look different? Just kind of everything that went into it. I just felt like I was, especially from being a guy, feeling like I'm knowing stuff that either I'm not supposed to know or, um, you know, trying to figure out why they're doing what they're doing. Right. And now, like, at what point do you actually see, like, I mean, because now you're talking like, you're like six or seven, okay, like, you're not really sexualized yet, right? So you don't know what those feelings are, but you're just feeling some feelings, right? Then you start to get a little older, right? And you're in school, and eventually, like, you know, you start fooling around with girls, right? And you see an actual bra, right? Like, there's a point where now you could, you don't have to just fantasize about it, right? You're actually going to see one on a girl, right? Maybe at a party or something. Like, do you remember that first time that you actually got to get underneath and see what was going on and see an actual bra on a girl that you were fooling around with? Uh, well, definitely, yeah. What Well, the ironic part of it was when I had like my first kiss, the first time I ever did anything with a girl. How old were you? I had had, I had had, sorry. I had all this. How old were you though? Um, You were in high school? Okay. So you hadn't like done like the stuff like in seven. Like I remember, I don't know, maybe I was just slutty, but like, you know, I remember like, you know, you start like making out and going to second base and doing like all kinds of stuff like that, like before high school. Now, like you didn't know. I don't know. Maybe I was like, no, I was probably more. <laughs> that's probably more awkward as a kid than that. I, would, I mean, I didn't really get into a lot of that until high school. Okay, I, mean, I, I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember in junior high, like starting in junior high. I can even remember picturing the classrooms. Like, you know, you'd have to pass your papers to the front, so you'd tap on the person in front of you to let them know you're passing the papers up. And I'd always like reach forward and tap forward like right where her bra was and just like to be able to kind of reach out that was like my way of touching it if you could see it through the shirt or just those kind of things so there was that build up for all these years and was that and like your jerk time, off thoughts like did you use that to oh, like absolutely. like when you were like finally playing with yourself and like masturbating whatever like was that like your thing oh absolutely i'd see right. something at school one day and go home and be like or see it and be like you know i gotta get home that, and it that, could be just like literally just, like the 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 little vision of like a side of a strap or something like that and with that that could that thought or that 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 actual picture in your mind then you could turn it into like a whole scenario that gets you off yeah exactly it was the scenario of starting thinking about like her getting dressed that morning right like mm-hmm. going to the drawer and like, why did you know because i'm i don't know mental is what what turns me on and the thoughts and the scenarios and the stories and the, you know, I would just create this whole thing. Like when I'm sitting there in class and I'd picture, you know, like her taking a shower and then what did she pick out out of the drawer and why did she put it on and why that one or that style or that color or whatever it was. And then the fact that I could see it when it was like, before I even understood it at that age, like the fact that I was seeing something that I felt like I shouldn't be seeing and that if it 
showed, they tried to hide it right away. And it's like, oh, but I got to see it, you know, before you tucked it away or hid it or whatever it was. Or, right. Or you were kind of like... Completely see-through. Yeah, you were yeah. kind of like snooping without it really being, but that was like the sort of thing that was getting you off that you were like sort of being a voyeur right like inside that person's yeah. house or inside that person's life without them sort of inviting you into it <laughs> so let me ask yeah, you this though it's kind ahead. of like like does it sort of take that edge off like because I would assume that like so then maybe like when you're with your first person that as actually like takes her shirt off and allows you to see everything that maybe there's a little bit that gets lost in that because a part of the turn on is like that taboo thing of them not wanting you to see it or was it equally as like intense when you actually got to see it in real life well yeah like I was saying the funny part was when I had my first kiss and actually kind of felt up a girl for the first time all at the same time she wasn't wearing a bra, which was just oh. ironic. She <laughs> took a shower and she's like, oh, I'll meet you over in the park. We'll go for a walk. And I kind of knew we were going to do something. Uh-huh. And so she just put on like two or three tank tops or something like that and came out because it was hot. And I remember when I first started like feeling her up, I was like, oh, there's nothing there. Right. And well, it was still exciting. You know, you're a kid with the first time, girl for the first time, still super exciting. But it was like, oh, just all this buildup and anticipation of what I thought for all these years was going to be was just I mean it was still exciting obviously but it was, was a little bit of a letdown like oh man this isn't what I had envisioned in all these years of scenarios of playing in my head like oh if I ever went out with that girl I know if I took her shirt off I'd get to see this and all these things it's like then when it finally happened just that one moment it wasn't there but that's kind um, of that is kind of ironic <laughs> Yeah, no, I, yeah, I still think back to that, but no, right. after me, obviously, it wasn't long after that we were doing doing more stuff, and yeah, it would. I mean, it didn't it didn't go away when you finally got to take it off. Because you know, sixteen year old boy, you're gonna be excited by anything, but yeah, um, the scenarios were all leading up to getting to you know undress her, and that was like the moment. It was all the. And maybe it's because I was a little bit older and just waiting so long before I really did anything. It was like all the the scenarios were always the anticipation and the build up. And someday when I finally get to that point, and then it's like when I finally got to that point. Of course, in person it was exciting, but all the scenarios in my head stopped there. You know, it was like I just wanted. That's to get what to I mean. Like it seemed like the the scenarios and the before the stuff before was the turn on right, and then sort of this because like you said like the big thing about it was like figuring out something that someone doesn't want you to know you know so like when somebody like some girls like ready willing and able to like you know go to second base with you I was just wondering like did that sort of take away from it because like it seems like the sort of thing that you focus on that made it hot was the taboo-ness of it right and it's not really that taboo when you're with the person but I'm assuming if you're like sort of going in your mind with those scenarios ahead of time, right? Maybe then you get there and then that sort of, then that scenario sort of progresses to you sort of being with that person and that's just a whole part of the whole story, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, and so that's just like the, that's like the end of the story, like and then finally it ends and you get that and you get your release and everything. So it wasn't, it was just as hot. Like, so when you finally see the first one with that girl, it's it's everything that you ever imagined and then some. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And one of the, I think the ironic things is I liked her for a long time, like a couple of years. She was somebody that I'd always wanted to like date and go out with, but she was always with this one other guy. So when I finally got the chance, it was like she was someone that the way she dressed, you could kind of never tell what she was wearing like uh-huh. underneath. So, you know, it'd always be like sweaters and sweatshirts. So 
it was like it was more of an intrigue, you know. Oh, like interesting. Because you don't, the, like, the less you know, the better, because it keeps you more curious. Yeah, so I, I think that's part of it is, like I said, it was the the trying to figure it out was the huge thing with it, you know. Yeah. Like the, the, girl that wore, the girl that wore the exact same thing every day, like a plain T-shirt that you can see through every day with the exact same thing on underneath every single day, there was no mystery there was no taboo it's like well she show she's showing it she knows everybody can see it i can see it there's no no mystery there there's nothing to figure out there's no you know there's nothing there but when like girls that were like a different style every single day or only maybe one day a week or something that you could kind of see through or try to figure something out and it was more difficult there was more like intrigue and appeal there because that's where there you know there was more mystery and that's what got my mind going was the they're trying to figure it out, and it was like, right. No, I know, but okay. like, let me ask you this: So, when you started dating girls, and like you're like with them all the time, like, did you start to sort of like explain? Because I don't think it's very hard to sort of be open about this with a woman, right? I mean, this is not some kind of thing you have to hide. It's very, I mean, like I said on a podcast when I made that kind of joke, like it's not like if someone's just into bras, like who's not into that? You know what I mean? Like a lot of guys are into, but yours is like sort of like it crosses the line. It's just like a like almost like an obsession you know and maybe that you know that ocd got crossed with your whatever you know what i mean and it turns and then it becomes your quote-unquote fetish right because it is something that you have been interested in in a way that's not normal right Not, not not normal but like you know a lot of guys like bras but it's not to this point i'm assuming now that i'm going to air this right other people will find it and i'll get an email from somebody else right you can't be the only one like is there any kind of forums that you found online that like for people that are like you oh yeah that's and that there's tons and i think really? that's where like when you talk to other people about fetishes and when you you realize that when you know the internet finally came along yeah like in the early 90s is you know you start searching for anything and i'm like oh i wonder about this wonder about that and then you find there's like this whole world of people out there that are exactly like you and you felt like you were weird your whole life because of something, you know? It's yeah, like totally. Every every other guy in high school that talked about girls or bras would be like, they hated them or the only good ones went on the floor and, you know, something in the way of what they... Yeah, you know, it's just something in the way of what you wanted to get to. And it's like, I felt weird because I was like... Yeah, I felt like I was on the girl side of, you know, the I like the anticipation and the buildup and all the stuff that went into it where every other guy was like, oh, yeah, I just want to rip a girl's clothes off and go at it. And I was like, oh, no, I like, you know, the undressing or this, all the different details that went into it. And it's like nobody else was like that. So I never talked about any of that stuff, you know, with friends or guy friends. And, yeah, I had a couple long-term girlfriends. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but it still felt weird it still felt like something that a lot of people weren't that way I know and, that you mentioned I remember specifically you were mentioning that you don't it's not a part of your relationship now your marriage right you're married now yeah um and that's a, yes. that's a thing right but like have you been like how long you've been with your wife like you this is your second wife yeah like about five years was it a, like she when was the first time you've like really right okay but we'll get to that but that's like a, we're jumping ahead yeah. like when was the first time you yeah. like sorted 
like explaining this or like sort of admitted this to somebody? Like, was it like your first long-term girlfriend? I mean, I know you said you like bought bras for women and you started to, you did certain things that maybe somebody would be like, what, what does this mean? Or maybe they'd see sort of signs of this in you, but you never fully sort of copped to like how much this was a part of your life, right? At, when was the point where you sort of brought that to the table? Because it has been a part of your relationships, right? Yeah, no, definitely. It, um, yeah, first, I mean, the first long-term girlfriend was the first person that I ever really talked about anything with. And that's when, you know, like the first person you had sex with, you was trying to figure everything out. And it was like, why does, you know, why does this feel good? Or why does this turn you on? And, you know, I'd, I'd say that this really turned me on if you wear this or I like this or, you know, what I liked and why I liked it and all these different things. And, um, you know, she didn't, really react but again you're kids you know you're teenagers you don't really know what you're talking about anyway but you know she had just i think like probably most every other girl just like the standard set of like five white jc penny plain bras and now that, that was it you know that her mom took him to shopping for and i was like oh you should get one like this or get one like that or you know pull out an ad like leave it out in the paper and then when she was over be like oh yeah look at, you know, look at the ad that just happens to be here you know what if uh I bet you look really good in that. Just like mentioning things like that. And to her, it was, you know, I mean, it wasn't a bad thing, but it just wasn't a thing. It was like something you'd never, never think of, which kind of made me feel like it was weird too, I guess. Uh-huh. And, but, but you were like buying certain girls brought, like you would, would you do that like behind their back or like, was that something? Cause like, I didn't like, was that something that you were like a, telling them that you were doing or like were you doing it like secretly and then like giving it to them as gifts like how did that work that you were going to the store and were you by yourself or were you with them um well the both first i mean the like younger on like being a teenager like in high school um it was more like with them and then you know cause it's like your mom does your laundry at home so if all of a sudden she had all this weird crap in the laundry her mom would be like where did that come from yeah so it would be like you know if we'd go shopping together we were at a mall or something pick something out or i'd say you know that would look really good on you you should get that i mean pretty harmless stuff right as far as you know buying things that was probably when i was like more college age or even a little bit after college like you know it's more like, yeah, like Valentine's Day type stuff. And I'd always have an excuse like, oh, yeah, I was, you know, at, at the mall going to buy you know, a new pair of jeans or something. And I just happened to walk by this display and just happened to see this and thought, wow, that would look really good on you. And picked it up and make it like a Valentine's Day gift or, you know, something like that to try to make it nondescript, which didn't, you know, you read about stuff like that, like guys buying lingerie for women. It didn't seem that weird, but... I think the only thing maybe like the girlfriends felt weird about it was I think they pictured like buying all this like sleazy, trashy, teddy, see-through, whatever stuff. And for me, it was like I'd buy just a specific type of like brawn panties to go with like, oh, you should wear this with, you know, that shirt or this that you have or that. And I'd always have like all these scenarios in my mind like, oh, if you wore this bra with that tank top and I'd get a little peek at this and then I'd create like a whole day long scenario of, Oh, we'll go out for the day. And I'd have all this like build up and tease of being able to see things. And, yeah. Yeah. I could imagine you know. like if somebody started talking like that to me, like with all that, I'd be like, what's going on? Like, you know, it does seem like, uh, like, um, 
you know, like a specific one with the shirt. Like, you know, there's a lot of sort of thought of something like that is normally not thought of like in, you know, as much. And even like the guy that goes out and buys lingerie, a lot of guys are into that. And I'm sure there are guys that are into it like you're into this, right? Where it is, you know, a little bit, you know, much more extreme than somebody else, right? But um, yours is so... I think maybe it's like, you know, it's like I always say people are like a concoction of something, right? And I think maybe the people that it sort of becomes wired like this, like you have to have a little bit of that OCD in you. I think you also have to be like very creative and imaginative, right? Because it's like a certain kind of way of thinking, right? Like you're very, you're, you're telling all these stories and these scenarios and you're creating like, like stories, right? In your head. So that's the creativity sort of side of things. And, you know, and I, I just think it's like, uh, and then, like I said, the OCD sort of part of somebody turns it into sort of this repetitive, uh, overthinking, a lot about it, right? I don't know. Like, you know, and then it, it becomes this thing. And because when you were younger, it you felt feelings for it, right? It becomes like a sexual turn on. And then boom, you have this like, sort of pretty easy if you ask me fetish. Like, I mean, it's not, it's like a good one to have, right? That's something so simple and so sort of there. Like, I always say, like, if you're into feet, like, I mean, how great is that? Like, you go anywhere and be seeing them. You know what I mean? It's not like, and I mean, since you kind of like the tabooness of it, like, you could kind of see that wherever you go, right? It's like an easy kind of a thing. Yeah, definitely. And that, yeah, and like with, when you mentioned that in those other podcasts with, you know, the feed or the pantyhose or whatever it is, it's easy, it's everywhere. And I actually kind of use that as, as a way to explain it. Like, you know, when you start getting into somebody like, hey, you're getting into what really turns you on, somebody new, and you're like, oh, I really like this. And, you know, I'd, I'd be like wanting to justify it or explain it like if it was weird. And, you know, later on getting older, I realized it wasn't as weird, but I'd be like, hey, I could be into you know, doing really weird stuff with your feet. It's nothing like that. I just like to look at something sexy on you. You know, is that really that weird? And But just the, the overthinking everything and always feeling the need to justify it and explain it, you know, I think is where where it felt weird. And so, But I'm sure that anybody like that's saying, been with you for a long period of time probably sees that part of your personality in other aspects as well, right? It's probably not just with that, right? <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I would oh, think... Right, there's just like who you are, right? So it's just like you probably overthinking, analyze, you know, like in other areas. So I think any woman that gets to know you after a while then just starts to realize, like, of course you're going to be that way with that because you're that way in in, as a person, right? It's just a part of who you are. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is just how it applies itself to that, you know, turn ons or fetishes or that. But no, I mean, that's absolutely a a personality type, and that's just how it kind of manifests itself in in that way right exactly so i would think yeah so i would think that like you know any girl would be like you know after like a while like when you really cop to it you you could the more she knows who you are the more you could let your freak flag fly and it's not going to seem weird because it's just like oh yeah okay this is a guy that's like really fucking into bras and he's so like intense about it because he's intense about everything like right it's just like that's just the way that you are yeah, and, you know, I think, like you said, people are into weird, you know, not that it's bad, but weird, like bondage or all this other stuff. And oh, it's well, like, I'd imagine if you were into you, something you know, like that, you'd be hardcore. Yeah, but it's like, you know, 
it's like you meet a guy and it's like, is this really the worst thing a guy could be into? You know, it's yeah, like, it's not that bad. tie me up and do all this other stuff to me. He just wants me to wear this thing with that shirt or whatever. And he goes crazy over it. It's like, yeah, that's, that's not too bad. You know, it's not, not at all. Thing. And you don't even mind. It's not like you're like a tit guy and they're like, oh, they have to be super big or they have to be perfect or they have to be fake. Like, you know, it's not like that because that could make a woman feel like maybe inadequate if she's not like, you know, she's not filling up her bra. Like for you, it's just the bra, right? It doesn't matter as much as what's in it. You're not, it's not about like tits. It's about bras. It's right. So, uh, I think it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think it's definitely being a boob guy and the fact that oh, you are too with that. Beginning, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like that was that was what was keeping you from them, or that was the last thing before you get to them, or the ability to you know push up and show a bunch of cleavage, or the ability to wear something kind of sheer and see through. Like just the that's what they were like, hiding the the goods that was holding the goods, the ultimate sort of yeah. prize, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when, why isn't it a part of your, like, I'm assuming it was a part of your first marriage? Like, in the, like how long were you married to your first wife? Oh, like 13 years. Okay. And like, was she sort of in on it and knew everything and okay with it? Like, how did it play out in your relationship with her? Yeah. I mean, I, once we'd been together, you know, a while, it was just a kind of became a normal thing. It was yeah. like, oh, you know, if I wore this, he'd compliment me like crazy or he'd jump all over me or whatever. So it kind of, you just get talking about it and, oh, I love this and I love that or this is really sexy or, and it just, it, it was never a, it was never a thing in terms of a bad thing. I think, yeah. like I said, she was just like, oh, oh, this is easy. I want, you know. Yeah, what an <laughs> easy want, sort of role playing I, to, f- to fulfill, right? It's like, all I got to do is put on a yeah. bra and let it like hang down my shoulder, probably the strap, but you're like all horny. <laughs> It's easy for a girl. Yeah, it's like, you know. Yeah. I, yeah, it's like, hey, you know, if I want to, you know, tease them or whatever for the day, we're going out somewhere for the whole day, we're going to be out. I'll go out with something I know we like, so put like a big sweater or something on over it. And then when we get out, take that off and have something that I know is driving him crazy and like tease him the whole day because I know when we get back, he'll like rip my clothes off and, you know, want to get at me. Right, because um, that's all the know, foreplay beforehand, did. yeah. Yeah. And then, and again, for me, it's a scenario. It's like if we're out, you know, like at a baseball game or something during the day, all day, and I'm like, my mind's just going to, you know, I'd think of it, if I didn't see her get dressed, it'd be like, oh, thinking about everything from how she got dressed to why she picked out what she wore. And, you know, did she wear this for me? And did she pick this one out? Because I, I like that. And, you know, last time she wore that shirt, she wore a different bra. That why did she pick out this one instead of that one? And, Everything from the, the early scenario to the, okay, well, when we get back home, you know, I'm going to do this and this is how I'm going to undress her. And then she has a button down shirt on so I can do that real slow. Just, you know, it was almost as much mental as it was visual. I mean, the visual triggered the mental. Right. But then uh, your mind takes it. Right. Yeah. Your mind yeah. takes over and is very good at sort of taking, taking it from there. That's all you need is that little yeah. tiny thing and your mind can turn it into this whole scenario. That's why I think it's like not just the OCD, like you have to be like very imaginative and creative in in a way, right? To at you know, not in a way, but for sure to really create all of that. And I think that's great to have that, you know, sort of quality because that really helps like with fantasies and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And it you know, it took me forever to kind of tie it back to like those early days of being like 10 years old looking at the jc penny catalog but it's like if you listen to some of the psychology stuff with that it's like 
that's when you were first feeling sexual arousal or that's yeah. when you were first getting those feelings is I was repeatedly looking at the same stuff and that was giving me the arousal or the yeah, mental you were arousal wiring yourself. seeing something I shouldn't. Yeah. And then that just, that's just there. I mean, that's always going to be there. And, you know, like people, they say they have like spanking fetishes that love to be spanking or need to be spanked to have an orgasm or whatever. It's like a lot of them are kids that were spanked as kids that, you know, maybe got a little arousal out of it at those ages. And then they just tie that into their brain of, you know, that's something that turns me on. And then they want to be spanked their whole life or whatever. It's just, yeah, kind of it whatever. makes sense. It's just like what the yeah. wiring, like I said, is like over and over. You know, you'd have to be spanked a lot, I think, but just because you were like overlooking, you know, I don't think it's like a one-time thing, right? It's like, it's kind of like the way any kind of addiction sort of builds in your mind. It's like, it's like the reason why like you, when you start smoking, you get addicted to it. Because it's just like every time you smoke and you do the same thing over and over again, it becomes like a pattern, a habit, right? It's like they could train you to do something good in the same way, right? And you create this sort of, wiring in your brain and that's why when you quit like the only way to become unwired is to like you know completely like deny yourself and and so you basically like deny that wiring and after a while of not giving what it want it eventually dies but it takes a long time especially if you've been feeding it you know for a long time right i mean what you're wired for yourself isn't a bad thing right so like you don't need to unwire yourself and it's just like you said it's stronger than ever you're 47 now you're with your second wife we'll talk about why it's not a part of your relationship but it's not like it needs to go anywhere but it really is like something that i believe happens at all times like and i when you know like that that whole psychology thing that's happening when you're younger or like it like i said it could happen in people's lives when they start smoking or at different times with any kind of thing you know you just you know create this why there was like this movie the quantum physics movie i what the bleep do we know about it that movie was good like there was like, this whole side story with this deaf woman in it it was like so stupid and not really that interesting but <laughs> they talked a lot about that wiring thing and i remember it to this day because it was like so fascinating to me you know and i think uh, any kind of obsession or addiction or even a good habit is created in those ways and can be uncreated if you believe in that sort of concept. And it's like, it, you know, it exists and it plays out a lot in fetishes, quote unquote, right? For sure. Uh, you've looked yeah. into it. I just always say that because that's just what I think. Um, but why isn't it like you've been with your girl for a couple of years now, right? Like, why isn't it a part of your relationship? Like, she's just not into it or she isn't not into bras. Like, why isn't it play out in this relationship as much? She just doesn't get it, I think, is is the biggest thing. I mean, she's it's not that she's not into it. Right. It's like every time she tr tries to do something with it, if she does, uh -huh. she just gets it wrong from like, what I like. <laughs> and, you know, early on when we were dating, yeah. you know, and by that point I was like in my early 40s, late 30s, and it was like, okay, I'm comfortable with this in my life. And people, you know, the couple people I dated after I got divorced were like really cool with it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this just isn't really a thing. Like, so with the internet and all these forums and galleries and fan pages, and I mean, you go to Flickr and type in like a tag of like bra strap fetish, and there's like 10,000 pictures on there that people have just snapped in public of like the woman with the bra strap peeking out under the tank top. Or, yeah. You know, there's one like bra backs where it's just like a, you can see the bra outlined through the back of a shirt. There's like 10,000 of those pictures. So it's like, you know, if you need to, to feed that, there's plenty out there now. And that's yeah. when you realize, you're like, you're not the only one that likes looking at this stuff. You exactly. know, there's stuff everywhere. But, 
yeah, and it's like so early on with her, I'm like, oh, I really like this, or we, you know, we'd go shopping or we'd get them all or whatever, and I'd be like, oh, you should get this and get that, and you know, there might have been just a tiny bit of maybe he knows a little too much about this or why is it that big a deal, but she didn't care. She was yeah. open to anything, but you know, I got a couple things or we picked out a couple things together and she was like, Oh, this is great. But she'd never let, you know, I tell her exactly like, Oh, you know, where this with that or whatever. And she'd never like do it that way. And then for Christmas, like I, you know, bought her several things like the first Christmas, like a couple bras and a couple shirts that I thought would be like really cool to go with them. that would be like a good tease. And she like opened everything and was like, I don't really like any of this stuff. It's not me or it's not. I would, I wouldn't look good in this. You know, I'm like, well, okay. If you don't like it, that's completely fine. Or if you're not comfortable with it, but why don't you think you look good in it? You know, you don't have to wear something you don't like, but what else would you like? So I can piece together like what she'd like and what I'd like. Yeah. And it was just, everything was just kind of shut down. It was like, nah, no, I just, you know, I got what I got and I like what I like and I do what I do. And it's just not a deal. It's not a thing. And, you know, the more I try to explain it, like, oh, I really like to see this or I really like that or, you know, and it, it just never, never materialized to where, you know, she'd wear exactly what I'd like to see when I'd like to see it. And That's weird. Well, like, why do you think? Is she kind of like, I mean, I there's know. could be a couple of reasons. Is she a little like, what's her personality? Is she a little thick headed? Like, is she, is she a little bit like, I mean, it could there be on, in some weird way, like some reason why she doesn't want to like give you that even if it's subconsciously or is it that she just might not sort of get it? Like she's not putting two and two together, but like, I feel like you're kind of spelling it out for her. No, I did. And that's what, you know, when we went on our, we went on our honeymoon and I remember this, vividly she had this dress on that i hadn't seen before and we're going to dinner like a really nice dress up dinner and we had to walk up like two flights of stairs to get to this place so we're walking next to each other and i really didn't see the back of it yet and she turns to walk up the stairs in front of me and the entire back of the dress is completely sheer it was like black sheer and she had a black bra on under it that you could see perfectly like she had nothing on the back which wasn't that big a deal. She had had a sweater on, but she took it off to walk up the stairs. Yeah. But for me, that was like, oh, I didn't know that was there. And now I'm seeing it. And my mind just went crazy. Like my mind was like, we're sitting there across the table and I'm just thinking about like, oh, everybody walking up behind her can see that. And knowing that nobody else probably cares, but you know, my mind just went crazy over that. And that was like, you know, that was like my finishing thing. If we were together and I wanted to come right away, that was like the shot I went to in my head immediately every time was like, that was the that perfect one surprise at the perfect time. Right. And I, I just visualized that. And that was, that was perfect. And I told her that a couple of times, like, you know, you should wear that dress or the one from the honeymoon, whatever. It's like, that's my go-to. And I laid that whole thing out for her, even though it was kind of embarrassing. And she was just like, Oh, you know, okay, whatever. And, never wore the dress again I never never did anything like that again and I was like maybe you know, I, I mean is she the type that you have to say like maybe you have to be even more specific like maybe you have to say like it's Friday night you guys are going out someplace or you're going to a party you have to say I want you to wear that dress and that bra because I want to recreate that scenario because it was like the hottest thing ever and can you please do that for me like maybe even on your fucking birthday like can you be like I don't know like how else like you know her right I don't know anything about her right but like I feel like everybody's sort of brains operate different ways and the best way to sort of like you have to like really understand somebody and how they 
their brain work so that you could get them to do things for you if that's what you want, right? Somehow she just doesn't get this, right? For some reason. I don't, like I said, I don't know enough about her to know, but you know her enough. Like, what would you, like, why do you think you're like hitting a wall with her? Like, like is, maybe you're not asking her properly. Maybe you have to be more specific. Maybe you have to take more action. Like, maybe you have to be the type of person to say, like, you know, get the dress, get the bra and say, this is what you're wearing. I want you to do this. Do this for me, please. Like, I want you to do, like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe that, could that work? If yeah. you backed her into a corner like that? <laughs> yeah, and see, if I did that, she would do it, but that almost takes away part of the mental part of it, and that's what she doesn't get. It's like... But maybe you, you need know, to explain that to you, her. Yeah, and I that I've done a million times. Oh, you she have? She just doesn't understand, like, the mindset. You know, it's like, she wears something out like that she'd think I would really like. And it's clearly something, you know, that would look nice and everything, but from like a fetishy turn on standpoint, it did like nothing for me. She looked nice. And I tell her you look nice and all this. And we get back up after dinner and she'd be like, Oh, you know, I wore this for you. And I'd be like, well, you look really nice. And she's like, well, you know, does this turn you on or is this something you like? And I'm like, well, from a, like the whole fetishy standpoint or like comparing it to the honeymoon, not really. And explain why. And then she'd get frustrated. And it's like, you know, well, just tell me what you want me to wear. Just set out exactly what you want and I'll wear it. And it's like, well, I could do that, but that kind of takes away. I like, you know, the, Oh, see, this the is the problem. The okay. Right. This and is the like, problem. I mean, I could, I, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I could do that from time to time and just lay out something, but it's like, if I'm just dictating it, it takes away the, that whole building up the mental scenario of leading to it and all the stuff after it. And, you know, it's like the idea of putting something on that I like and doing it for me or teasing me is awesome, but that's what she gets wrong every time. And, right, but she's always going to get it wrong. Know. But she's always going to get it wrong. Okay, like for some reason, like you guys, like just like visually, she doesn't have the same vision as you. So what she sees in her mind as something that's going to turn you on is not what you see. And I don't think you could change that unless like you actually physically tell her exactly and be specific. Like I said, I think that's what it would take. She told you that's what it would take. But I get, like I understand both sides here, right? I get that for you, that takes away. But, you know, have you ever tried to actually do that? Because like, I really wonder, I think you're creative and imaginative, and you could mind fuck yourself into sort of working with that scenario, even though it doesn't seem like the hottest one. I think you it's better than nothing. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? I think you should try it. And then you could your mind is powerful enough to sort of forget about the fact that you gave it to her you know what I mean, to sort of, you know, and you could suspend your belief at that point enough to sort of get into it as if she picked it out herself. Yeah, I can do that. I mean, you should it's try. not like there's not some, yeah, and it's not like there's no attraction to her if she doesn't play of into course. that scenario. I mean, I'd still find her attractive and it's not like, it's not like you have any problem. Like your anywhere. marriage is strong. Besides that, like everything, you're compatible. Things are great. Like you're with her four years. Like it, is everything good otherwise? I mean, for the most part, I mean, we have some communication issues and that's kind of where this comes from because there's certain things where I think she just doesn't get me in the way I think about things. You know, I'm more the type A over analytical, over explain, over analyze. And she's like, total type B, just fly by the seat of her pants, no plan, no direction. Yeah, but I have so to say, I think that's here. good for you. 
and you're probably good for her like a somehow each of you brings each of you maybe a little bit more in the middle and maybe there's got to be a little give on each way I think by her saying to you like and because it's probably very frustrating for her that she actually tries right she does try right there's no sort of subconscious like control shit going on here where she's being passive aggressive and doesn't want to give you what you want because there could be that scenario going on but that's not it she just she's just not on that same page right like what she thinks in her head is right for you it's you're not like because you guys like you said are opposites right but I think opposites are good for each other um and stuff and I think as someone who's like a hyper over analyzer I mean the, the worst person for you to be with would be somebody exactly like you I mean you guys would never leave your fucking house you know what I mean I'm the same way I'm an overthinker over analyzer yeah. it's good to have somebody that kind of cuts you off and doesn't let you go too much you know because I'm sure you have friends that you could go there with but I think your partner it's not so bad to be with somebody that's like your opposite because you guys could take from each other right and I think by her saying to you like you know and she has tried right but she just doesn't nail it because of you do have that communication problem because you're very not similar right in certain in this way but by her saying if you just give it to me you know is you know that's her way of sort of compromising saying like I'll do whatever you want just give it you know and I think you need to do that and try that and I feel like you know because this is your thing and this is what you want. I mean, for her, she doesn't give a shit. If you if you decide not to sort of try it and you just give up trying to get her, like, what does she care, right? It's not like what she wants. She doesn't have any of her needs not being met. But this is like your need that's not being met. So you're going to have to be the one that has to sort of lower your expectation a little bit. Yeah, it's not the perfect scenario. And why, like, wouldn't it be great if she could just figure out what's inside your head and what turned you on, even though you're so specific with her, she still doesn't fucking get it, that you have to literally lay it out for her. Like, that's what you have to do. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. But I really believe that you could work with that. And you should work with that. Because, you know, it would take away the that slight frustration of like this sort of being something that you're you're not on the same page about part of it now too and this is where it kind of exactly parallels the pantyhose podcast you did with the body image issues now yeah. you know, she's gained a little bit of weight uh-huh. medical stuff going on so it's like you know i'd say oh you wear this or wear something like that and she's like oh, i can't wear that stuff anymore that wouldn't look good on me anymore uh. No, it would. It's it's more about, you know, I could give you a scenario where you wear certain things that I would go crazy. Right. And it would this is like me the, and I would love it. Right. She and doesn't she, believe in her mind, you. It's right. like, yeah. yeah. And in her mind, it's like, oh, well, I might have a little, you know, bulge of fat or I might not look super slender in this. And I just wouldn't look good to wear like a tank top or this or that. And it's like, no, that's not that's not the point you know right you like you wouldn't be do... looking at those things that's what she doesn't understand this is yeah, a big problem like, between yeah. women and men and this is the sad thing about women because i always had a lot of guy friends so i sort of understood guys so i didn't have these kind of issues but i'd always tell my really good girlfriends like these things because they'd be like so concerned with like i had this one friend that had like these huge boobs and she was so afraid like horrified by like her midsection that wasn't like perfectly flat and it wasn't like the perfect midsection right but I was just like so why don't you just show off your tits more like I'm just guys would love it like you know what I mean like and she had great legs this is like but she would just like hyper focus on this one area and I'm just like but you what you don't understand is like the guys don't hyper fixate on that you know what I mean and but girls are like super self-conscious
self-conscious about certain things and they don't really get that guys don't care about that. She doesn't believe you because she's like projecting her own feelings onto you. She can't get out of herself like, you know, and, and realize that you would be into it, that you wouldn't be like you're, and you're telling her that and she still can't get past her own self-consciousness about herself. And that's like a tough thing with women because, you know, there a lot more stuff is put on women, you know, like it's, you know, about their bodies and stuff, you know, so women, of course, have issues and body issues because of like how we grew up in the society that we grew up in. So it's like, you you feel for women to feel that way, you know. Um, And you, you, I wish for women to understand that men don't feel that way. And like the the sort of the the thing that created that body image isn't so much men, because I don't think women are really getting the real sort of, uh, uh, what would be the word like the the right message about what men are into you know it was always like oh girls have to you know every girl thinks that they have to be so skinny and have no ass and like you know and yet like now at least it's coming out that like you know no like an ass is good and like guys like curves and like you know different body image like different bodies like people like that you know but it was always like this weird thing where every girl thinks oh, they have to like weigh nothing and that that's what guys like when that was never what like no, it's not to say that skinny isn't good but like guys like all kinds of different shapes inside it's more about proportion right and curves and the way you handle yourself and all that stuff and sexiness is like a whole different thing than what sort of the media made it out to be so girls got pretty fucked up and I'm assuming I mean how old's your girl same age, 47. Right. So she grew up in that time where things were so backward. So she's like got all these sort of body image things going on. And she's probably going through perimenopause and she's probably like a fucking mess right now. So yeah, none of that stuff helps your situation <laughs> at no, all. What, and what you're, yeah, no, what you're saying is exactly right. It's like, you know, I, back, you know, we've kind of given up on this over the last year or two just because it never goes anywhere correctly. But like the last time I tried to buy her clothes or buy her something, and, you know, I'd look at, like, what size shirt she was wearing or what size anything was and, you know, try to buy her something I thought would look really good. And, you know, her reaction, like, looking at it was, oh, my God, I'm not that size now or I don't want to wear something, like, in that style at that size. And I'm like, look, you don't <laughs> – if you want to look good for me or you want something that I will like, this is something I will like. I'm not going to notice – the size you're not gonna be looking or, at the tag the, you know, the size girls yeah, are very like, into size it's so weird that same girl that i told you about i used to go shopping with her and try to get her like hot outfits and she would like try on pants and she they wouldn't look good because i'm like they're like the wrong size let me get your bigger size and she'd be like hard she'd look at me as if like i was like ruining her whole world and then i make her try on the size that was like right for her and they would look slamming and she'd be i don't want these like these aren't right they're not and it's just like what does the size matter like if they look good like who cares what the size but there's something about size I never had like a weight thing so I don't understand it but it's just like this big thing about size and what does it matter like it doesn't matter it's like how you look or how you feel or how somebody sort of sees you and like you try to tell her like it doesn't matter what size it is like you're gonna look hot to me and she still it still doesn't matter because she doesn't feel sexy herself you know what I mean and that's like some that's like an issue she has and that's only gonna get worse with her age I hate to say <laughs> you know it's a, it's no I know it's like yeah, I, you know, I can tell her specifically, like, look, if I come home and you've got, you know, yoga pants on and you've yeah. got this tank top on and this underneath it and, you know, lay it out. If you surprise me with that sometime, I'm going to drop whatever I'm carrying and, you know, we're going to go at it because that's going to drive me crazy. 
or the scenario of like going out and teasing for a while and knowing we're going back home and then I can let my mind build up all this mental foreplay and you know it still goes back to like oh I wouldn't look good in that or I know you liked that three years ago but I don't look like I looked three years ago so it's not gonna you're not gonna get what you think you're getting and it's like come on I just want to see this it's not and that's where I go to like you know I'm not and again nothing against bondage but I'm not wanting to tie you up and do crazy stuff to you I just want to see this or want that or you know it's like but right but she's just, just uncomfortable would, yeah she's just yeah. uncomfortable it's like it's really not about you it's about her and it's like a deeper thing and you know it's sad because she should really sort of get that in check now because it'll only get worse as she gets older because when you age you know like things are it's harder to keep in shape it's harder to keep your weight down you know all those things will only get worse before you know it you know you're never going to see anything going on you won't even be having sex with her <laughs> you know it's like a, she's going to be going through menopause and like you know that stuff could just get worse and worse as it goes on so you should try to like maybe have her talk to someone about that or something because you know uh, it's not like like you said like everything in your relationship is good but like you're not it's not like you've been with her 15 years it's like a new relationship and for so for this thing to sort of start like I mean 10 years later like are you going to be happy if this is the way it's been for 10 years like I don't know you know um, it could start to become more of a problem is what I'm saying as time goes on if she keeps denying even more, you know? That maybe she needs, no, you need to get her into some sort of therapy so she could deal with like her body image and her sexiness or maybe get on some hormones or something, you know? Because I, I, I mean, unfortunately, that's only going to get worse because of what she's going through because of her age and stuff. It's not about you. It's something you could change. I don't think you could fix it. Yeah. I hate to say it. No, I know, and that's where, like, that stuff gets frustrating, and it's like, you know, she doesn't, she gets insecure if we ever mention anything about, like, prior relationships or anything like that, but it's like I dated, after I got divorced, I dated someone for just, like, a couple months that, um, you know, we both opened up right away, we were both very open sexually and talking about stuff, and, you know, talked about all this stuff, like, right out of the gate, and she was cool with it all. She's like, Oh, that's cool. I can, I can have some fun with that. It was like, just not a thing. And she didn't have like the greatest, you know, perfect figure or anything yeah. like that. She looked good, but you know, she got, she figured it out. And that's why I say like, she did, you know, my wife doesn't get it. She figured it out like right away. And within like a month, you know, she'd send me like a couple text pictures in the morning, not even of her, but like of everything laid out on her bed, like the bra and the panties and this the This was the girl that you dated that would do this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. she'd send like those pictures and be like, hey, just to let you know, this is what I'm going to be wearing today. Nobody at work's going to know, but you, and you're going to get to see it when you come yeah, over yeah, after work. Perfect. Have a good day. Yeah. And I was like, that, that alone, I mean, forget if you weigh extra pounds or whatever, just that alone gets my brain going all day that... You know, it's like she got it. She got where that, what turned me on and what hit all those triggers and, you know, just a little text in the middle of the day. Oh, hey, forgot to mention. But you you would bring this person up to her? No, no, no. no. I'm just saying that if I say something like that, like, hey, this would really work. I have to try to mention in a way without saying this happened. I'll try to say something like. Oh, yeah. You should definitely not say like the girl that I used to date a girl that used to date. That would be terrible. But what? Why didn't you want? Why did it not work out with that girl? Other things weren't, I guess, Uh, in play. That's just the way. Like you always got to throw something out the window, right? (laughs) Unfortunately, nobody's perfect. Yeah, it was like a. 
I mean, and now that part of it was awesome. But it was, right, I mean, right. It was, it was two or three months, and we were, you know, we just weren't really. Yeah, like if you other, could but, put your wife I mean, and this girl together, it would be like the perfect girl. You just, she needs oh, to yeah, have that yeah. in her. I think she just needs to feel like better about herself and like, you know, because I think she's doesn't feel great about herself and that's where the blockage is it's not about you and your thing it's about her and herself and like i said that's it could get could have the potential to get worse and so maybe like you know you need to sort of tell her like she should you know do something about that whether it's join a gym see a therapist you know something Go yeah. on a di- I don't know something to make her feel better about herself because it's the way she feels about herself and so there's something you kids it's like when someone has low self-esteem it's like called self-esteem because it comes from yourself like no matter how many compliments you give someone that has low self-esteem they can't believe it because they don't think it for themselves right so until she starts to feel hot again herself or you know you're not going to be able to sort of make her do what you want. Unless I think you should try, and I would love to, for you to try this like in the next week and then get back to me because I'm going to have my where are they now section, section uh, uh, episode soon and we could do, we, I could add that to it, but like that you like, because, well, you did say, have you done that scenario where you give her exactly what you want and she still is like, oh no, I don't want to wear that. Like, this is what you should do. Okay. This is your homework. Let me give you the little things to do. And then we're going to wrap it up because okay. we're at an hour. I want you to... Not just do one outfit and one bra. I want you to do like five. Like I swear. Like I want you to back up your backup plan. Like I want you to have an A, B, C, D, E, F, and G scenario. Okay. So that like I really want to make it to be like she can't say no. Like at some point she's going to say yes and see how it plays out. Right. And so like because I just feel like maybe if you get her to do it once. Like that could sort of be the icebreaker, you know, and then she could do it and see that it was that easy and it wasn't a big deal. So like, don't just create one outfit with one bra because she's going to be like, oh, no, that's not the right size. That's not the right thing. You know, have a bunch of them and don't let her know about a bunch of them. Like give her the one. And then when she says no, like, give it, you know, and decide that you're going to deal with her being like, no, and all this stuff, like, you know, really have it in you to deal with the annoyingness of all of that, you know, because it's going to take energy out of you, right? Because you're going to be hitting a lot of roadblocks, right? So you're going to need, you know, have an extra cup of coffee before you get into this with her. And then like really take your time to see if you could, you know, agree and find that one thing that she would be care, you know, comfortable in that would work for you and then go about your fantasy and see how it works do you think that could work like could you try that absolutely right you have it in you do the yeah, like uh, five ten like i want you to not stop until you uh, you you have something that she agrees to and then see how that works yeah no that yeah no we can definitely do i mean we did do more of that stuff like i said over the last year or two it's kind of gone by the wayside some of the specific stuff because we get in this vicious cycle of you know her saying i'm not attracted to her anymore at times and me telling her that's not the case at all and you know it's like well you never get as excited as you used to and I'm like, you know, you know yeah, we're really think, kind of arguing it's like does she you, was she married before wait was she married or yeah. anything before she was did she have those yeah. issues with her husband like why did they get divorced what's her story um, she did a little bit. He was somebody that like never paid attention to her, like no sex drive, no interest. Yeah. Well, see, there issues. you go. She's got, this and, is like her story. Yeah. Like, see, you're, it's like, um, 
she's it's like post-traumatic stress disorder from that last relationship. Like, you know, she sees one little thing that sort of is similar to that, you know, that whole marriage she had that was so bad and probably so traumatizing to her. That was her first marriage. It went bad, you know, that it just pushes her to buttons, you know, and she starts to bring up, oh my God, it's this whole thing. You know what I mean? And she makes it this whole bigger thing because that was, you know, the majority of her life before you. So that it makes sense that that's like her biggest fear, right? Because that was the thing that she lived with her whole life with that guy so she needs to undo like that wiring you got your bra wiring well she has that sort of like I'm not hot wiring because of in that relationship that she was in so you need to you know you need to uh, help her out a little bit and give her some time and 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 you know and and keep at it though I think is the best thing as opposed to giving up yeah definitely you know, but maybe she needs a little sort of help counseling so that she could get over that last relationship and what happened because that's probably still playing out. And how could it not? No, I'm sure it is. I'm you sure know, there's effect from that too. And it's like, from my standpoint, I feel like I, I'm here. I want to give you all this attention. You know, just give me a little bit. That's something that's really never been a problem for me in the past. And, you know, that's where we, we kind of hit that impasse. And I know she's dealing with the other stuff. And yeah, the sad thing is, is she, the, and the sad thing is, is that she was like involved with somebody for a really long time who had no sex drive, who wasn't into her at all. And now she finally attracted to herself someone that is right. And she's not able to fully appreciate it because she's living in the past and living in that story, you know, and that's the saddest thing about baggage, you know, and shit. Uh, because it's sort of like it's the past, but it affects your future and like what's going on like right now. You know what I mean? And she's not able to like enjoy what's happening right now and who she is right now because of like what happened in the past. So, you know, it'd be helpful to her to sort of like take care of some of that. Baggage. It's not like, listen, you can't like sort of have like 10, 12, 15 year relationships and not have baggage. I mean, that's the hard thing about dating when you're in your 40s and later. Like everyone's going to show up with something. Nobody not has fucking baggage at that age because we've all had traumatizing things. That's just life, you know? So you have to be you know, you have to be sort of sympathetic and empathetic to somebody's sort of stuff. And it's not like, oh, you leave just because they have that. Like, maybe try to help her deal with it because that's probably what's going on, you know, but it is affecting you guys. And, you know, she should try to work on it because it's really ultimately it's making her not sort of experiencing it. Like I said, experiencing this relationship that is like the antithesis of what she had before and probably, a, a you know, a really great relationship for her right after being in something so bad and she's not able to sort of fully appreciate it. So it'll be helpful for her maybe to get into some therapy. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think just continue to still just let her know that you're attracted to her and give her that attention, even though it's not going to change her. She still needs it. I think the last thing she needs, like the thing that would make it 10 times worse is if you stopped. I mean, listen, I think it's just natural when you like when you're with someone for a long period of time that like things like don't seem as hot, right? Isn't that just normal? Right. But that's probably makes her think like, oh, you're not attracted and makes her get afraid that like the same thing's happening in her other relationship, you know, but that's like her triggers. And that's how she needs to retrain her mind to think differently, you know, and just accept that, that you know, you guys have been with each other a bunch of years and like whatever. But there are things that you're telling her specifically that would add spice to your relationship. And it, they're pretty easy things, you know, and she needs at some point to jump on that bandwagon because that's an easy fix to some of these kind of issues that you're having and she's having, you know, what I mean. Yeah, no, that's, like I said, that's where it gets frustrating for me. It's like this, what seems to be, it should be the simplest little things. And it's like, well, if you're not willing to do that, 
you know, and we want to get into like a tit for tat thing. But it's like, yeah, and that's not going to go yeah. anywhere because you're not going to win because what you're battling with is like that other guy who didn't want her for so long. You know what I mean? Like you're you're battling. How long was she with that guy for? A long time, like twenty years. Yeah, there you go. It would like be like her, kid. Yeah, yeah, it would be like her saying, "Stop thinking about bras." Like it's just like you know, she was with this, but like it's like it's too much of like talk about wiring. You know, that was just it was a, so much time in a situation like that. You know, it's uh, it's tough to undo that. I don't know what she did when she got out of that relationship. How long after she was with you? If she did any therapy, like or when she was with it, you know. But how did she deal with all of that rejection? You know. All that time, maybe she just internalized no, it. So that's, it what? Yeah. yeah. So if she never yeah, got no, any help or didn't work on it, like that's like you know that's heavy shit to be carrying around. It's gonna affect who she is right now. It lowered her self esteem. She's gotta you know work on herself to get rid of that. So like I said, she could be a happier person. Because eventually, like I said, ten years from now, like if it, like I mean, how much could you keep trying, right? And keep getting like it. I, I like I get it. It could be exhausting when there's like someone's like a, I always say like he's like a problem haver or a problem solver, right? Like you're you keep trying to solve the problem. Like okay, you don't know what it is. I'll do this, you know. And she's just like no, no. Like she just this is like the issue, and she doesn't want to get past it, right? But like she should because it'll only make her happier and then eventually it'll add to your guys relationship so she needs to call yeah. into my show but <laughs> i know she won't but you need to like sort of say these things to her you know what i mean and pretend that they're your ideas get her some therapy and then think of like 18 outfits and then let me know how that goes if it works all right okay all just right. keep trying and jump them up okay thanks for Hold calling you. in all right thank good you. luck with everything keep me posted all right Bye. Okay. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous.